Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and on social media. Welcome to episode 213 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Ray, we have entered that time of the year where 7.30 on Sunday morning is the only time we have. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I would say, how's it going? But I know we're both sort of waking up. Yep. <laughs> um, and I was actually uh, thinking, so this year, we're obviously, I mean, maybe not obviously, we're approaching things a little bit differently than we did last year where... You know, this time last year, things were pretty effectively shut down. Yeah. And this year, we're in this weird (laughs) sort of space where things are not shut down, but they are, but not really, but they probably should be. But (laughs) are we safe? Like, and so I'm going to probably start traveling soon. Um, So, you know. Might want to start lining up some of those guests <laughs> because there's going to be a lot of weekends where I'm just I'm just not available. I'm just I'm, right, I'm right. just in some other I'm just in some other city. Unfortunately, you know, hunkering down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 busy. Our falls are very very busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I start my uh, I I have auditions on on Monday for my first live show at my high school. So. That'll wow. be exciting. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm terrified, Ray. <laughs> I'm terrified. I have no idea. I have no idea what I'm going to get. But uh, but it's exciting too. It'll be nice to finally do stuff that you know. That's the that's why I, that's why I got hired. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing over there. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> it feels like forever since you've done a show, but it was just that one year, right? That you missed. Well, I missed the one year, and we even did one online show while we were doing that. And technically there is a, a second show that the kids wrote and I still have to edit together, but I am not a video editor and I've been putting it off, but that's, that's one of my many projects I have to get to before the mm. end of this year. Okay. Jeez. So what else you got going on, Joe? Um, honestly, it's just been, it's just been keeping up with life. Like <laughs> <laughs> I am in a very different school than I used to be Ray. I am in a very different school. Like I have, uh, I have a different clientele <laughs> yep. and, uh, and so it's one of those things where, you know, at, at our old school discipline was not a big deal. Like classroom management was not a problem. And at least one of my classes, um, that is all I do. <laughs> it's right. just making sure nobody gets hurt. That is basically what I do for my entirety of, of one block. At, mm-hmm. at the moment but um you know every day i'm getting a little you know i'm 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 winning the war i'm winning the battles if you know so that hopefully i will win the war <laughs> yeah yeah it's i mean as somebody who taught at multiple schools as a sub <laughs> throughout my 10 years uh-huh as a sub i poly days were definitely my days off yeah. <laughs> where i was like i mean obviously you know i went and did my job but uh, I was, I was, I could just do my job mm-hmm. and other days at certain schools, you know, it, I knew like, Oh, okay. Like this is going to be more about classroom management. This is going to be more about, you know, I don't know, focusing on the students needs as opposed to the, you know, the lessons needs or whatever. Right. 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 Uh, and it's culture, 
you know, I mean, you're, 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 what you're doing is not easy, you know, which is changing the culture of your classroom. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, right. That's whoo, like, <laughs> that's probably one of the hardest parts of being a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And not something that I've, I mean, I've definitely had years where I've had to change the culture, mm-hmm. but, but this is a very different culture than I'm used to. And right. so I have to be very careful how I approach it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and going in with the, the design um, lessons that I did online and adapting them to the classroom is not going to work. Mm-hmm. Like it, like these kids want to be building stuff and, like I can't fire up the machines yet because they haven't been serviced. Right. So, you know, they've been sitting there for two years, so I'm not going to turn on a buzzsaw and be like, all right, we're fine. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I was randomly talking to somebody about video games in that class and they're like, you know, what do you play? And I was like, well, I play, I said, I don't play the, the cool games that you guys play. I play Warcraft and Skyrim and they're like, those are cool games. And I'm like, okay, cool. You should have said the violent games. I don't play the <laughs> yeah, yeah, violent, games, violent play. games. Lots of, lots of uh, GTA uh, kids. <laughs> saying that they play that's that's a very very popular game um but so you know i was like and they're like well why haven't you played because i said i haven't played in a really long time and i'm like yeah i'm just so busy you know started i said restarting a, a theater program takes a lot of time we've been you know just cleaning up the the theater and there's doing this and there's doing that and one of the kids goes well let us help you and so it's like okay so this is what i've got to do i have got to just start working these kids like mm-hmm. like all right let's get up let's what are in these boxes let's clear them out let's get them ready for recycling like yeah joe and, they're and hyperactive then, <laughs> oh my god oh my god there's this one kid who i absolutely adore he's just a great kid but he is he he is the joe pesci of the school <laughs> like that is the perfect description of this child because he is just like everywhere in everybody's face louder than anybody else and it's just like oh my god dude just chill um and so so yeah so starting next week on top of um starting with my auditions for midsummer um we're gonna be we're gonna just start cleaning classroom because my, my predecessor left me a disaster area like you can't mm-hmm. find anything everything's a mess uh, it, 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 <laughs> I have, there is one other teacher that teaches two of the theater classes there because I don't have enough time in my schedule to teach them all. And, uh, they want me mostly teaching stagecraft right now. And so he walks into my classroom on his first day and he goes, wow, this is the cleanest I've seen this classroom. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then he needed, like, there's a door leading from the black box, which is the classroom he teaches in, uh, when I'm not in there. <laughs> And the and the the scene shop, which is just a, a big wood shop, and he walks in to ask me something through that door, and then he just looks at me and goes, "This is the cleanest I've seen this room." <laughs> and I'm like, "What did this guy do?" Like, <laughs> like I mean, you know me, Ray. You've 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 subbed for me while I've been in shows. You know that yep. I'm not the cleanest person. Right. Like. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm not dirty, but I'm I, I can be messy because I like piles accumulate, and for people to be walking around my space and going, "Wow, this is clean!" It's like, what was happening before yeah. I got there? Yeah. 
so there's a lot of stuff left to do and um <laughs> and we'll be we'll be you know starting that t- tomorrow and letting them just you know the ones who want to keep doing their design stuff mm-hmm. who manual labor is not their first choice mm-hmm. <laughs> we will give them assignments and everybody else will will help me clean and then hopefully next week start just we're just going to start designing and building the set because it's That's like awesome. they just they want to do stuff so yeah as much as I want to teach theory and as much as I want them to go in with um, with the design knowledge, it's going to have to be, it's going to have to be on the, on the job training. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> these kids are probably, you know, on, on some spectrum of ADHD, uh, they probably live in a food desert, which a lot of, you know, underprivileged communities suffer from. So they're, you know, putting sugar and <laughs> carbs mm-hmm. and caffeine in their body. And, oh, my God. You know, the junk that they bring into my dude, classroom at the beginning of the day. Yeah. And they sit down, you know, and they're, they're sat down and, and, you know, asked to focus on testing and on, like, stupid standards that don't you know actually engage their <laughs> their learning and so right. like they're just in the worst position you know um and i'm super super happy that they have you in their lives because you're a great teacher and one of the things that makes a great teacher is is the ability to pivot and sort of you know bring the lesson to where the students are mm-hmm. um and one of the beautiful things about theater is that there's something for everybody so yeah. man i feel for you but i have no doubt that this is this is going to end beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. It's a, yeah. yeah. Talking about the food desert, just one last little story from this kid that I call Joe Pesci on the show because we try and be private with our kids. But um, he, <laughs> he he was like, "Hey, teach you got you got a water for me?" He calls me teach. I've never had in the seventeen years of a of teaching have a kid just call me teach. So I was like, great. "Hey, teach." Oh yeah, I, I, it's it, I find it endearing. It's so self aware. Like, oh, very, very much. <laughs> he knows he's in a sitcom when he walks yeah. into your classroom. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, he goes, "Hey, teach, uh, you got a water bottle?" And I was like, "Dude, you ask me this every day. If I bring you water, will you like chill?" And he's like, "Yeah, but you know what? You know, bring me a like a Dr Pepper or uh, you know, a Monster." And I said. Dude, you on caffeine is not anything I want to unleash in the world. And he goes, yeah, man. Once I had two monsters, I was off the charts. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, like, and that's the thing. Like, as much as, like, I will have days where I just can't. Like, like I'm at school, and I'm just like, I, you guys are just awful. Like, sit, you know, you're trying not to swear at me. Like, sit the fuck down. Yep. <laughs> And and then they go and say something like that. You're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> all right, you can stay. <laughs> <laughs> they always get you with that little nice. They always comment. get you oh. with those. Well, the, the little nice comments are just being, you know, just being derpy teenagers. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, that's a yes. Derpy is the perfect descriptor. <laughs> perfect. How about uh, you? What have you been up to? Ooh, watching a bunch of stuff. Uh, that I want to talk to you about. Um, yes, I want to hear this. Like we started it, but I did. I never didn't get back to you because classroom geez. management. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we finished up Ozark finally. Like oh, Joe, God. it. I'm not gonna. I mean, we enjoyed it. I'd seen it already, but uh, this is Rosie's first time, and you know started really strong <laughs> and then and then just 
barely got to the end of it. Still enjoying it, but oof, those last two episodes of the last season are just so heavy and so like hard to sit through in yeah. some in some places. Um and uh we we finished it and I was looking forward to finishing it actually because there was other stuff that I wanted to move on to. But by by the time we got to the you know halfway through the last season uh, of Ozark I I needed to find something lighter to offset <laughs> the show with. <laughs> so we started watching Ted Lasso. Isn't that a great show? Oh god, Rosie's in love. Uh, like yeah, uh, oh, she she adores that show. Never mind my cat in the background playing in one of her favorite boxes. But um <laughs> dude, I've spent all this money on cat toys and the cardboard box of the week is their favorite oh, yeah. toy. But- um anyway, yeah, no, that she, I mean everything about that show, just the the relentless positivity, uh the quirky humor, like the hard on its sleeve sort of, you know, uh <laughs> style of the characters uh everyone eventually gets there you know even, <laughs> even the, like even the most you know cynical sarcastic characters eventually are won over and it's part of the show right like that's right that's the <laughs> whole goal the yeah that's the whole story arc is 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 how he's gonna win this group of people over being just ridiculously yeah. positive and i mean I would say it's almost too much for just normal people because <laughs> when you start off, like Matt will literally say to something, you know, I'm just not like, well, what's, what are you not like? Yeah, it's too wholesome. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't like the cloying, you know, unrealistic. Same. Yeah. Same. But and, he's an East coaster. So I get it from Matt. I don't know why I'm like that, but <laughs> But yeah, so he so it's so it started. He was like, "Oh, I don't know." I'm like, "Well, let's give it one more episode." And by the end, he was like, "God damn it, you can't not like that guy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you're right, though, that it's not for everyone. Even within the show, I mean, light spoilers, but his marriage is not doing the best. No, no. <laughs> and so, like, even in the show, it's not for everyone. Um, no. But yeah, that we've we are thoroughly enjoying that show. We're about halfway through season one now. Uh, really helped us get to the finish line with Ozark season three. And uh, we're excited that there's season four uh, in the works, but we're also excited for the little break. Um, So another reason why I wanted to get to the end of Ozark is because I wanted to start other things. And I try really hard not to inundate Rosie with new media. You know, she's gung ho. She's like, what are we watching next? Like, what's the new thing? <laughs> You're holding out on me, man. Like, I know there's cool shit that you <laughs> that you've seen that I want to watch. Um, Needs the next fix. <laughs> yes, but I'm like, okay, like I don't, you know. So one of the things that I was very hesitant about um, as we were watching the MCU is to not overload her one with superhero stuff, but mm-hmm. two, you know, as fans, we know that there's so many iterations at this point <laughs> right. that you know. The MCU, we feel so far is the best iteration and has gotten the most things right. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're just going to dive into the MCU and not worry about Batman 89 and not worry about, you know, Raimi Spider-Man and not worry about Fox X-Men and all that shit. Right. Right. Um, And then the No Way Home trailer hits. (laughs) And I I definitely want to talk to this, talk to you about this, but... um, 
one of the things, once I knew that it was out there, I thought, how, okay, how can I best present this trailer to Rosie? And this is with me not having seen the trailer yet, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I thought, because I know it's going to be a multiverse thing. I know, you know, and I, I know enough about the rumors are true that it, there are going to be callbacks. Um, how do I do this? Cause she doesn't know the Raimi movies. She doesn't know the web movies. And I thought, okay, you trust the YouTube, right? I go uh-huh. to YouTube and I search Spider-Man trailers and I found a YouTube video with all of the previous Spider-Man trailers on it back to back to back. Okay. So we watched the trailer to Raimi Spider-Man 1. We watched the trailer to Spider-Man 2. We watched the trailer to Spider-Man 3. We watched the trailer to Amazing Spider-Man 1. We watched the trailer to Amazing Spider-Man 2. We watched the trailer for Into the Spider-Verse. We watched the trailer for uh, Homecoming and Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Which she's seen both of those movies. Right. So we watched that. I'm pointing things out a little bit here and there as we watch all the trailers. And then I put on the the new No Way Home trailer. Um, so that that provided some context about a much as much context as a trailer can provide, right? Right, right. This is what led <laughs> that Spider Man trailer search is what led to me sharing the wrong link <laughs> with a bunch of people. <laughs> Was that I made that search? <laughs> and then tell up for those for people that are not on Slack, Joe. T- t- tell them what happened. So I had had a very long day, <laughs> and I think it was later in the week. So it was a long week too. And um, and Ray shares the official trailer for uh, No Way Home, and I was at my in-laws house and we just finished dinner and I was in the TV room waiting for them to finish up cleaning up so that we could start watching whatever we're watching that night. And I was like, Oh, that's right. Ray posted the Spider-Man trailer today. I want to watch it. And I watch it. And (laughs) I'm, I'm seeing all of these things that are just amazing because it's basically like, oh my God, the callbacks to all of these other movies, all of these other Spider-Man movies. And it's like mind-blowing. Like, I'm like, this is exactly what everybody wants. It's, it's basically like everything that we've ever had in Spider-Man, all the good right. stuff just poured <laughs> into one movie. All the rumors are true. All the rumors, every single rumor. Every true. single one. <laughs> and at the the one the one moment that I was like, this doesn't seem right, was when they showed Sandman. And I'm like, that'd be cool, but really? And then I was like, but you know what? I'm going with it because I know Ray and I know Ray's reputation and he doesn't post stuff that he doesn't check out first. So this has got to be it. And I'm like, like by the end of it, I'm like, and again, I'm tired. I'm watching it on my phone. So I'm not watching a lot of detail. I'm just kind of seeing what's going on. And, and then I, I post my like mind blown emoji in, in Slack. And I don't even remember what I said, but it was something like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And Chelsea bursts my bubble <laughs> <laughs> with reality. With reality, it says, uh, you know, it's not a real trailer, right? 
as soon so, as I saw that, oh, <laughs> I felt so betrayed, Ray. So betrayed. Listen, you and a whole shitload of other people, <laughs> because I when I tell you that I shared that link far and wide, mind you, I've seen the actual trailer on my TV, but when I log into YouTube on my phone, it brings up my last search. Right. So I searched Spider-Man trailers, very, very vague <laughs> search. And I grabbed the link and I sent that thing far and wide. <laughs> like so many people were coming back to me within minutes going, you asshole, what the, like, <laughs> or like, <laughs> wait, what? I had at least one other person say, this is amazing. And then I had to say, oops, here's the real trailer. And she goes, are you kidding me? <laughs> Why would you do that to me? I'm like, I'm so sorry. Because I said, I said to, um, <laughs> I said on Slack, I was holy shit. And then I didn't just use the mind blowing emoji. I, I, I used the mind blowing memoji, <laughs> and then said, and it was true. I literally had a physical reaction. I was like, oh my god, it's so cool. Like I was like, my heart was racing. Oh no! And that's when Chelsea said, I'm so sorry to say that one isn't real. It's fan yeah. made. <laughs> Oof, so embarrassing. Such a noob mistake to make. <laughs> God. Uh, but that being said, what, what did you think of the No Way Home trailer? Well, right after the one that I watched, it was not that great. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, oh, it, man. It, 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 it's cool. It's a lot more. It makes a lot more sense because the, the fan made trailer was like all flash and like, oh my God, look mm-hmm. at all the stuff we could do. Oh, this, it looked like a Sony trailer. <laughs> and, and this one was much more uh, like a Marvel trailer where they're just kind of hinting at the stuff and you end up leaving with more questions than answers. Yeah. And, uh, and I didn't like. I don't like the Doctor Strange portrayal, and so I really am hoping that this is as as it has been theorized that it's a variant Doctor Strange for some reason. Yeah, the theories started immediately, and that was one of the most prominent. And I'm with you, um, honestly, just based on because it's hard to tell someone's characterization from a trailer. Like they can cut right, these trailers. Right. They use outtakes. They Mar- Marvel has been known to use CGI to change the images in their trailers, you know. So right. uh trailers are so hard to go by. But honestly, I just thought he looks weird. Like he I don't know if they're using too much shoe polish in his hair or what, but <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't look like the strange that you know we've seen so far. Well, he's, could, he's carrying himself differently. Yes. He is. And, and yeah, yeah. So um, that was one of the reasons why I sort of glommed onto that theory, that early theory that this could be a Dr. Strange variant, which I first heard from E-Man who stated not only is, could this be a Dr. Strange variant, but it could be a Dr. Strange variant that we are introduced to in the what if series. Right. Because there is because a Doctor Strange s- episode. And they did see that there were going to be characters from What If that we were going to see in the movies. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of interesting takes uh, on Twitter that I came across. One of them from uh, Day 
<laughs> Day AFT Marvel said, wait, I just realized the reason it's snowing in the Sanctum Santorum is because they never got the roof fixed from Infinity War. That was like six years ago. But oh. then, but someone else pointed out there's no snow outside around Peter. And when he walks in, there is snow inside. So it's obviously a spell of some sort. Right. Which uh, suggests that... that um Doctor Strange is not doing great with the powers. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, okay. So am I imagining this or have we seen images of what if, where it's like, what if Peter Parker was Spider-Man? You mean, what if Peter Parker was Doctor Strange? Oh, that's what I meant. What if Peter Parker was Doctor Strange? No. Uh, well, I, I've seen those images of Peter, of Spider-Man wearing the cloak, Doctor Strange's right. cloak. But apparently, I just learned from a new Nando video this morning, literally before you and I started recording, that is going to be part of a future what if episode in this season that we're going to get um, where, hold on, I have a note here. Um, Peter does, Peter as Spider-Man does wear Doctor Strange's cloak and he's called Zombie Hunter Spider-Man. Ah, uh, which, what a cool fucking name, <laughs> Zombie Hunter Spider. We're getting Zombie Hunter Spider Man, Joe. Um, so yeah, so that that's that's going to be an episode. Obviously, probably going to be the zombie episode. Obviously, and we are going to see Spider Man wearing Doctor Strange's uh, cloak. Because I, I mean, that would make a lot more sense if Peter Parker studied magic. And was pretending to be Doctor Strange. And so this is already a one Peter Parker variant. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, back to uh, Doctor Strange's sort of portrayal. A lot of people saying, um, you know, Doctor Strange is not this reckless. You know, why would he, you know, his, his number one, he stated his number one job is to protect, you know, this universe. Why would he do something so careless as to fulfill the, the request of a teenager, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> I love this, this tweet from uh, at old dirty ginger, the same man who was texting and driving. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, appar and apparently it's a big part of Dr. Strange's um, characterization in the comics that he's arrogant and that he thinks he can do it all and that he thinks, you know, he can overcome any odds and, and he'll figure it out. Right. Um, so there's that. But then there's also the variant, you know, theory. Um, <laughs> some people are saying like at uh, Thor Himbo on Twitter is saying, I'm calling it now the timing for when Dr. Strange messes up the spell is going to match up perfectly with Wanda becoming Scarlet Witch and Kang realizing something isn't right. I'm calling it. <laughs> some people are going, well, WandaVision happened like two weeks after Endgame. And, you know, this is happening like far from home. This is happening after Far From Home, which happened like eight months after Endgame. So how would all that align? You know, yeah, no that that doesn't that doesn't fit the timeline, dude. Nice nice thought though. Like I yeah, well we appreciate the thoughts because Lord knows we've done that where we've been like, well, what about this? And then we go back and we think about it. I was like, nah, that's not gonna work. Yeah, well, he when people corrected him, he came back with, or I should say they, because I don't know if it's here. Uh, they came back with, um, 
by timing, I meant the runtime in the, in the episode. Oh, okay. And I'm like, mm, okay, one of them is a series episode. The other one's a film. I don't know. That's a reach to me as well. Um, uh, let's see. We got another uh, tweet that I wanted to share from Nicholas Moore, at Nicholas Moore 16, who I follow, who's a really good follow for Geek Theory on Twitter, uh, Nicholas Moore 16. Strangest spell doesn't place... MCU Peter in the Raimi or Web universe, Strange's spell just creates a new version of the MCU, uh, of, of MCU's Peter's own reality, where he has his own versions of Auk, Goblin, Electro, etc., and they just happen to be the classic actors. So that's his theory, is that we're not seeing Dr. Octopus from the Raimi-verse. We're seeing a new Dr. Octopus in the MCU's version of Spider-Man, but he just happens to be played by the same actor. Right. Which I like that. Yeah. I really like that. I like that too. Um, but because they're using multiverse, like it's so multiverse heavy, it would be very cool if they were actually combining universes. Right. Um, so yeah, his, his, he, he goes on to sort of like explain further his theory. He's, he calls it his very sporadic, probably wrong theory. Um, <laughs> the villains are not Raimi slash Webb's villains, but Toby and Andrew are going to be playing Raimi slash Webb's Peters. So he, his theory is okay. that, um, this is possibly a sinister six that's already been formed. Interesting. That already exists in 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 the MCU, and Peter needs the help of the other two Spider Mans to to fight this Sinister Six, which does make sense because we did start getting the Sinister Six at the end of um the the first mm-hmm. the the Homecoming mm-hmm. because we had Scorpion and we still haven't seen Scorpion. I hope that happens. Same here. Same here. Yeah. You would think because they went to the trouble of setting him up and then they even had a callback to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, apparently the trailer, the No Way Home, which is a teaser trailer. So we're still getting like a bigger trailer closer to December. Um, but the tra- this teaser trailer has or hints at at least five villains so far. Um, do, you, do you know them all? Did you, I only did remember Doc, Doc Ock and, um, and the green goblin i think right dr octopus is the big reveal because we actually see him and he speaks a line he says hi peter yeah um green goblin because we see the pumpkin bomb uh-huh right um lizard is in the trailer uh yeah i heard that there was a lab coat somewhere uh it's the scene where something like bricks smash right behind Peter in like a dark scene, like a, like a, like a dark corner of some building. Mm -hmm. And of course somebody has gone and adjusted the, the brightness and it's lizard smashing those, those bricks. Nice. Uh, And then um, apparently people are taking the one quick shot of lightning kind of like bursting up a bunch of sand that that could be uh, a hint at both electro and Sandman in that scene. Oh, wow. Yeah, so five villains. And someone said six villains, Doctor Strange. (laughs) (laughs) Which, what if? What people are pointing out differences in the way he carries himself, in the costume, in the, you know, all kinds of stuff. So Well, I still have the theory that Mysterio's not dead. 
Oh, God, I would love that, Joe. I haven't seen that theory anywhere, but I would love that. I hope you're right. Yeah, I'm, I am I have a very strong feeling that, that Mysterio is not actually dead. Mm. Mm. Um, of course, have you seen the Daredevil rumors? Yeah, it's not Daredevil. <laughs> People, it's not Daredevil. Like not Murdoch, I should say. Yeah, you 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 see the I mean, yes, I've heard I've heard rumors that he's he's in it and I think that would be awesome and I I don't I don't doubt that that's a possibility, but what they're saying is is that the the files being dropped on the table by uh by a lawyer or whoever somebody but it's not a lawyer it's the guy who's walking in with the other agent right one agent's got a suit coat and one right. agent has his sleeves rolled up and he is not it is not it's not matt murdoch <laughs> um obviously well maybe not obvious but obviously people are really excited about seeing wong again and the fact that wong you know we have evidence that uh he's probably going to be in shang chi as well and in the so no that way starts this week. Can you believe that this I know, is our, man. our next Marvel movie? I know. Um, yeah. Rosie is like, wait, we're watching Shang-Chi, right? And I'm like, well, it's only in theaters. So it is going to come with some risk if we try to go see it. And she's like, okay. And then like a beat later, she's like, maybe an early matinee. I'm like, oh, she's okay. <laughs> she's really committed to going to see this movie as early as possible. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to try to go see it. I'm a little nervous to be honest with you, but, uh, uh, you know, shit, I'm, I'm going back to work and everything. So might as well get some fun out of having to go back into the world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to see it this weekend because I'm, we've got people from, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. (laughs) We're going to have to find, we're going to have to find where this is all going to work. Yeah. Uh, but, um, in the no way home teaser, we do see Wong say to strange, don't, do the spell it's dangerous and strange is like no problem and winks at spider-man uh but then we see wong carrying suitcases and step through a portal and so that's you know we're thinking and i i believe probably we're gonna see how he ends up in shang chi yeah that makes sense <laughs> so many things from this little tiny teaser trailer um one of the things is that Based on the teaser trailer and on Rosie's reaction, we went ahead and dove right into the Raimi Spider-Mans, which I never thought <laughs> I would be watching with Rosie. And what a fool I was for not thinking that because she loves these movies, Joe. That's awesome. Yeah, I should know by now. It's like the heartfelt, <laughs> you know, kind of cheesy, really like earnest storytelling and characterization that she absolutely loves. Um, so of course, Raimi Spider-Man is, has all of that. Um, they held, they hold up pretty well. And I'm talking about one and two here. Um, but um, yeah, they, they, especially part two with Dr. Octopus holds up really well. Um, we did watch Spider-Man three, which is my first time watching it again since I saw it in the theater because I was so devastated by how terrible that movie is. It was so bad. That movie does not hold up Joe. Well, it didn't like, there was nothing to hold up. Like, (laughs) like it wasn't good in the first round. It's not going to be, it didn't get better over time. Yeah. And I have to say it's, you know, my first time seeing it, the only time seeing it, I was heartbroken by how good the Sandman parts were 
And, you know, to, to waste those in a movie that otherwise is like complete trash. Um, but even rewatching it, like the Sandman bits are good, but they're not like heartbreakingly great. Like, it's just like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, that was cool, I guess. But this movie is so hard to watch. Like, it's so, even Rosie was like, this, what is going, there's too many cringe moments. Like, (laughs) she goes, uh, there was a lot of times where I could tell the movie wanted me to feel something and I just wanted to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like you and the rest of the theater. Yep. It's, it's just, it, I mean, it's, everybody knows it. They, they made him change what his plans were. Exactly. And, and because of, wasn't it because they were afraid that they weren't going to get, um, keep the venom property. I don't know if that was the reason I've never heard that. Um, but I do know that the, they believed, and by they, I mean, Sony, um, and specifically Avi Arad, who was the executive producer, um, uh, uh, at Sony, Sony at the time, uh, in charge of Spider-Man, but, um, he has actually come out openly and taken the blame for having Venom in Spider-Man 3. He straight out said, I I pushed Raimi to include Venom in Spider-Man 2. He pushed back. He said, no, we, you know, we, we acquiesced. And after the success of Spider-Man 2, I said, you have to have Venom in Spider-Man 3. And he did. And that was a big mistake. So yeah. he's, he's actually come out and, and said that. Uh, there's an interview here. He says, I think we learned that Venom is not a sideshow. In all fairness, I'll take the guilt because of what Sam Raimi used to say in all of these interviews, feeling guilty that I forced him into it. And you know what I learned? Don't force anybody into anything. Therefore, Raimi wasn't interested in the in the inside to make how to make it how is Venom like us? How do we feel with Venom? And Marvel is all metaphors. Okay, Abby. Um, yeah, what a terrible I don't even like Venom, but Holy shit, the character deserved better than oh, well, yeah. what we uh, got in Spider-Man 3. Well, first of all, I don't know in what universe Venom would want to have anything to do with Topher Grace. Like, to me, yeah. that's, the first, that's the first problem <laughs> so right true. there. That's And what a waste of Gwen Stacy, too. Yeah. 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 So just, but we got that out of the way. Set, you know, the Raimi films are out. So to whatever degree they are called back to in the next Spider MCU Spider-Man movie, uh, Rosie will will, you know, will have, be, have full have full recollection now. Um and <laughs> she gotta take the good with the bad. <laughs> yeah, man. She and, just can't have the good. <laughs> and you know what? To her credit, she's all in. Like she really loves this stuff. I I check in with her frequently. Is this too much superhero stuff? Like, let me know if it's too much superhero. And she's like, no. <laughs> like, what else? What's next? And so rather than jump into the um the web, you know, amazing Spider-Man movies. Uh, I decided we would take a detour into a new, into a series, or well, new for her, but a series watch. So we started Daredevil last night. Oh wow! Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, she's loving it so far, and I forgot how much I fucking love this show. Yeah, it was really good. I wish all of them had stayed that consistent. Right? Yeah, we're not watching all the rest, but we're watching Daredevil, which I don't believe I ever caught up with season three because I knew by that point, you know, the rumors were that it was not. I think season three came out like after Defenders, and I didn't was like there a Defenders. Season three? Yes, and people call it oh. people call it a great season. 
I have to go back and watch that because I haven't I haven't seen it. And yes. um I I also haven't seen Punisher, which I've heard is very good if you're Yeah. Same. I did not see Punisher either, but both of these, you know, Daredevil season three and Punisher, by that point, I was like, oh man, I know this, this whole universe, this Netflix Marvel experiment is, you know, (laughs) it's not going to be around much longer. So I do, do I want to devote the time? But um, yeah, so we're going to watch, we're going to finish season one. We're going to watch season two and watch season three for the first time together. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. very, very highly rated. People say Daredevil's season one through three are pretty great. So I'm excited. I didn't love I didn't love season two. It was it was a lot. It was a bit all over the place. I it was all over the place, and I just did not like I did not like Electra. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't like Electra. Like she just didn't hold my interest at all. Like mm. she was too I have never been a fan of like the bad guy or the bad girl, like corrupting the, like it just, like it's just not a storyline I like. I just feel like it's, I just, I don't know. There's something about it I just don't like. It, mm-hmm. It's not compelling to me. So for me, it was not, you know, it was like too much her, <laughs> too much like right, right. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and check that out. I'll, I'll let you know my thoughts because I haven't seen it in so long. Um. I am excited that we're, you know, we're getting another Daredevil, popular Daredevil character, Echo, that is going to be getting uh, her own series on Disney+. Plus. The fact that we're getting so many freaking series, and like, it just, like, it's overwhelming in a good way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're really spoiled. Um, yeah, we're so, really spoiled. So all of that is... Shit that I've been wanting, dying to talk to you about, Joe, since you've been busy teaching, I guess. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> What was your comment to me? It was so great. The message you were like, this other, th- these day jobs are getting in the way of our <laughs> too much important shit. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that, it's true. It's true. It's like, I've got, I've got other stuff to do, but I have to make a living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to jump to a commercial break real quick, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the next two episodes of What If, because there's a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff going on. Yep. All right. We'll be right back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies! K-pop! Disney Plus! Keanu! Keanu Reeves! New! Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we're back, and we're jumping right in. What if, Ray? What if? What what if Joe? What if Joe doesn't <laughs> like this show? What's going on? <laughs> Tell me what you think. We didn't get a chance to talk about uh, episode two yet, and we have episode two and three out now. So yes, what what are your what are your impressions? 
Um, I really, really enjoyed two, but I enjoyed three a lot more. Oh, good. Okay, same. I okay. actually didn't enjoy two that much. But well, well, how come? Well, I think your 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 comment on Slack, which by the way, folks, if you're listening to this and you're not on Slack yet with us, please join us because you can tell by how much we reference our Slack conversations and posts. Uh, we got a lot going on there in between episodes, so check it out. Yeah, we're um, active, <laughs> yeah. But finally, I'm active. Finally on Slack, uh, mostly with you know memes, but <laughs> I'm active. <laughs> um, inappropriate memes, uh, superhero memes. Um, but uh, you made a comment after episode two on Slack where you said this felt exactly like the comic book, and I agree with you. Mm-hmm. That the 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 whole tone of episode two, I think, totally nailed. Especially the the feel of the original volume of what if stories, right? Um, and that being said, while I you know I've spoken a lot about how much I love the idea of the what if comic, I was never really an avid reader of the comic just because it felt a little bit too silly and a little bit too let's just make this choice for the hell of it because it seems fun kind mm-hmm. of story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so while I, I applaud the fact that they nailed that in episode two, I was like, yeah, this is kind of what turned me off a little bit about the comic itself. I get that. You know, but I also enjoyed episode three a lot. I mean, I think the big thing that I like about episode two and why it's so what iffy to me is because when they do what if comics, they try very hard. And I don't think they did this so much in, in episode three, just because, it was a different story, but episode two shows the ripple effects of a lot of characters. And that's in my mind where a, a good, what if comic book mm-hmm. shows how far reaching that one change is. Right. And so there's just a lot of characters that it affects where in, in episode three, it's really a whodunit mystery. Yes. Yes. So it's interesting how they're, taking a different it almost feels like each episode has taken a different approach in that in episode one and and some of this i'm echoing from um a new nando v movies uh video that he posted the other day um where he kind of talks about his his takes on the what if series so far you know kind of overall and he points out that um that episode one didn't feel it didn't have enough differences for him right. and that he felt like instead of having Peggy make her own choices uh, based off the one choice that changed her into Captain Carter, right? Uh-huh. Um, the rest of the episode or the story in that episode didn't have enough of her making other choices that had further ripple effects. It was kind of Captain Carter going the, through almost the exact same steps as Captain America did. Right. 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 And with episode two, that does change where you see the ripple effects. Mm-hmm. Um, but then with episode three, you're right. It is kind of like a like a whodunit, you know, and it, we almost we don't see one thing different. We see a bunch of things happen that are different. Like, right. What if, you know, spoilers for episode three. But, I'm you know, if you're listening to this, you've seen it already, probably. 
um, what if Tony Stark dies? And I was like, oh, wow, what? Okay, yeah, that's going to change everything for everyone. And then it's like, what if everyone else dies too? It's like, whoa. Right, right. Everything, like, that felt like a lot, but it, but it did feel like I had no idea where the episode was going, you know, like uh, uh, a third of the way into it. Yeah, it wasn't until like... They they mentioned I think it was after Hawkeye died I was like oh I know what this is but even then I didn't I, I mean I figured it was gonna be Hank Pym but oh, I didn't wow. know yeah because well well th- this is this is the way I I followed it through um, they said seemed to enter a um, a pin size hole in the body or whatever it was and we had seen that picture of Ant-Man flying at a butt. I think it was Thanos's butt. Yeah. Like it was posted right. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Oh, I bet. Okay. This is an Ant-Man thing. And right. then I was like, okay. So if we go by the timeline, I don't think it's Scott Lang because he wouldn't be Ant-Man yet. So it's gotta be something to do with Hank Pym, which makes mm-hmm. sense because Hank Pym, you know, is often a villain. So it kind of just worked. I thought it didn't strike me until black widow was fighting a, what seemed like an invisible person. And I realized, Oh, it's just a really tiny person. Oh, this is an Ant-Man thing. And then I thought, again, I, I, I like you, I thought, okay, it wouldn't be Scott Lang. Right. But I thought it was going to be hope getting revenge for her mother's death. Oh, that would have been cool too. Yeah, I thought, okay, so Hope was so broken up about her mom, Janet Van Dyne, going missing after that mission, mm-hmm. right? She doesn't know that without Scott Lang, they wouldn't know that Janet was in the quantum realm. Yeah. Because Scott was the one who came back saying, I heard something, I felt something. And they were like, oh, my God, she's still alive. So without Scott Lang in the picture, they wouldn't know that. Right. Uh, So I thought, you know, Hope, this is what happens with Hope's, you know, grieving over her mom is it eventually turns, you know, to revenge and she wants to get back at at S.H.I.E.L.D. So that's that was my that's where I went with it. Yeah. And I can totally see that, like, mine. Like where where you went with that? Um, with it's interesting because the change in the timeline is not the death of Iron Man; it's actually the death of Hope. Right, and and they s- have sussed out that the um, the reason why it was changed is she went on a mission instead of Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And it was the one. W- so the the one that he talks about, she talks about Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. where she was like, "Oh, I went. You know, I was this guy. This guy killed somebody. <clears throat> shot right through me." It's where it's where Natasha is explaining the legend of the Winter Soldier to Steve in in the beginning of that of Captain America Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. It's where he's like, who is this guy? And she's like, you know, I, I've heard about him. I had a run in with him. It was on a mission in Odessa. Uh, our, our driver, our, our tech or whoever was killed. And I managed to get away. Right. And so in this, in this universe, they sent uh, fury sent hope instead of, um, instead of black widow. Right. And she actually died because the, the winter soldier killed her. 
So the Winter Soldier killed in this in this what if yeah the Winter Soldier killed I know right so I guess the title does kind of avoid that like um, I don't want to say it's a, a a correction or whatnot because the title is what if Earth's Mightiest Heroes uh, never what is it it's something like that is is the title of episode three yeah um, like what if Earth's Mightiest Heroes never came together or something like that yeah um, which is a callback to not only what the Avengers are called in the comic books, Earth Mightiest Heroes, but also um, Nick Fury's speech that he gives a shitload of times in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, so we we kind of dove right into episode three, which I'm fine with because I got a bunch of notes. Um, so we can do that. And then I want to talk more about episode two afterwards. But um, yeah. so – one of the first things that jumped out at me at the beginning of episode three is they're going through like explaining the different, you know, Avengers and they're showing this still artwork that looks like it's drawn with markers. Um, but the way the, the way they're drawn, I thought whose artwork did like, does that look like it reminds me of somebody? And this is the second time this has happened in what if the first one being, you know, the first episode reminding me of Adam Hughes's work and I and it 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 struck me that those illustrations of the Avengers of Hulk and Captain America and Iron Man, all the original Avengers, it evoked the artwork of J.C. Leindecker, who's uh, an old school um, illust- American illustrator from like the early twentieth century, like the golden age of American illustration. It's called um, J.C. Leindecker. Uh, had a huge influence on Norman Rockwell, and I just love that this this show continues to like do these cool, like, like that's, that wasn't necessary. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But obviously someone on this show is a fucking art nerd if, or illustration nerd, if not multiple people. And as an illustrator, I appreciate it. <laughs> it's that's really awesome. cool. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to mention that. Um, what did you think of Loki's role in episode three? Cause I thought, it was pretty fun to see what would happen if the Avengers weren't there to stop Loki. Yeah. Well, I, I just love, I love how just the character of Marvel Loki is, I am going to be serious all the time and circumstances just aren't going to let me be like, I'm going to give a big speech (laughs) and a phone is going to ring. Like, like his, his curse is that, nobody ever takes him seriously until it's time to take him seriously. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and I thought it was hilarious how easily he takes over, like Asgard takes over. Earth. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> not hard at all. No, not hard at all. Like he even negotiates it with fury. I feel like, <laughs> well, he, well, I think he, he negotiates it with the, the UN and I, I often find, especially in comic books, um, the UN is just a bunch of pushovers. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> like it never. Like the UN never stops anything unless it's a hero. If a hero is trying to do something good, the UN will go. Oh, you can't do that. So you're not sanctioned, and, and that's what they're good at. They're not good at much of anything else in the comic. Yeah, seriously. And not only do do does you know Asgard or, or Loki take over Earth. But they take him into custody at the end, and you know that means execution. Like, yeah, yeah, he killed Thor. Like, Pym is not going to survive on Asgard very, very no, long. You don't come back. You don't come back from that. 
Yeah, exactly. I loved how inventively they killed off each of the Avengers. <laughs> okay, the Hulk was just yeah. terrifying. That was just disturbing. <laughs> and you know what? That was Mark Ruffalo. I mean, they, you know, they're bringing a lot of these actors back. I don't want to say bringing them back to voice these characters because these recordings were made a long ass time ago. Yeah, as so, as uh, seen by the fact that Chadwick uh, Chadwick Boseman was uh the the actual voice of black panther in this right it's one of his final performances uh as an actor before he passed and um i say one of his final because he's actually he actually recorded four different episodes worth of voiceover stuff for what if so we're getting right we're getting more of this star lord um but hiddleston comes back to voice uh loki um Obviously, um, we have Samuel L. Jackson. Clark Gregg is uh, back as Coulson. Um, Natasha is different. Yes, I'm. I'm shocked. Are you? I was a little surprised. Yeah, I, it's just I've heard it's a coincidence that all this stuff is going on with Scarlett Johansson now because obviously these things were recorded a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I was a little bit surprised by. That. Oh, I, I I was being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, I was surprised. You weren't surprised. I was not surprised. No. Huh. We. Okay. I think you even mentioned like you you lumped you lumped uh, um, Jeremy Renner into it, but but yes. You last time we recorded, you said something about how how long has Marvel been ready to get rid of yeah. Scarlett Johansson, and I think it was a while ago. So as much as as much as I do agree that if they they should have renegotiated the contract, um, I am not a huge Scarlett Johansson fan. I think she is completely void of reality. Like <laughs> like she's one of those people who has been in Hollywood for so long that she has no grounding in reality whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I can see people going, yeah, we're, we're ready to be done with this actress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same. And uh, it still breaks my heart to this day that Emily Blunt was originally cast as Natasha and oh ha- God. had to bow out at the last minute. Uh, that, that is the biggest, what if for me, (laughs) I really, I really hate knowing that. Um, but, um, I guess for me, it just surprised me because it was so blatant. It was like, everyone is back except for this one person. This is how long ago we knew (laughs) that we were not bringing her back. Um, but the thing that tripped me out was that Mark Ruffalo is voicing Bruce Banner, but this what if episode takes place during Ed Norton's Hulk movie, which I got to say, I understand why they didn't, because again, we've heard that um, Ed Norton had, (laughs) he's a lot and he had, he had ideas. Um, And, and the directors don't want you to have ideas. (laughs) They really don't. Um, And so I, but it would have been a cool, if all the other Hulks, like if they ever, like I would even say if they did an episode that crossed the Hulk timeline, Ooh. if they switched actors mid mid uh, thing, I I would think that would be hilarious. Whoa, yeah, that would be awesome. I would love that. <laughs> um, so um, this episode takes place during what is known as uh, Fury's Big Week in right. the in the MCU timeline. Uh, it also nods to a 
bunch of the Marvel one shots, which Joe, have you seen those yet? Have you caught up with those? I have gone through and seen, I think I've seen most of them. Okay. So like there's a line where Colson says, I stopped to get coffee for fury. That's in a one shot where he stops at a convenience store to get coffee and he thwarts a robbery or whatnot. And we get to see that Colson is actually kind of a badass. Um, so there's a ton of stuff like that. That's nodded to in this episode. Um, there is a, a reference to Captain America's elevator scene against the shield slash Hydra agents in winter soldier with Natasha doing a similar thing in the truck. Right. And all the, all the actors that speak in that are played by the original actors. Yeah. That's really funny. That's really more, funny. more salt in the wound. Uh, <laughs> um, Colson's Captain America password. I thought was hilarious. Uh-huh. Uh, what was it? It was uh... <laughs> Steve, Steve, I love Steve. Yeah. <laughs> seven seven oh seven oh four. Yeah. Um and then uh one thing that surprised me at the end was Fury saying, Well, you know, shit happens. I wanted this group, but we're still gonna form the Avengers. And he reveals that he's found Captain America's shield in the Atlantic, which means he's found Steve Rogers. Right. Which means they're still going to get to defrost Steve and have him lead, you know, a, a group that just is not going to include, you know, everyone that's dead. Right. <laughs> um, and then Captain Marvel shows up at the end. Yeah. So this, so this version of the Avengers is going to go on and have two captains, Captain America and Captain Marvel. Um, and have, you know, a, a, a new group of Avengers under them. Now, here is one thing that I understand why they didn't do it. But here is one thing that a, a, a true what if comic would have. Mm. The final um, splash page would be the new Avengers. It would be showing the audience who would have been in the Avengers other than these two. If everybody... You know, if this had actually happened. So it would be Captain America, Captain Marvel, and whoever else they thought would be in that iteration of Avengers. Oh, got it. Like, it would be like a, yeah, like a splash, like one image. like Yeah, one one last image of of the, or I've seen it, they've done it in two different ways in What If Comics. They've done it where it's one splash page of the pictures of them posing, oh. or they do, like, each character in their own frame doing something cool. Oh, that would have been pretty rad, but that would have been a lot. It, it would have been, but it would have also been like, I mean, it would have been pretty epic just to have the voiceover over a group of them standing in, or, or even just like the, the Avengers statue. Yeah. That it's in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like one that'd be skipping over a lot of story that I would want to see, but probably they have other ideas for, for what happens next. Right. Because we're right, fairly right. certain that these episodes are going to start to connect uh-huh. Uh, my thing is if, if we're going to get, you know, a group that's going to come together based on all these what if scenarios. And if Steve Rogers exists as Captain America in this episode, or, or, you know, at least that's strongly hinted at, will we get a meeting between Captain America and Captain Carter? Interesting. I don't know that we will, because I feel like that, I feel like that, diminishes the the sacrifice in the first episode you know the fact that he's you know that's the whole the whole thing is is that they can't i mean it might readjust where she gets a captain america but it can't happen until the very end and it almost has to be kind of like a a footnote 
Yeah, and definitely, you know, if they do meet, don't let these two super soldiers have babies because those babies will rule us all. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So let's dive into episode two, unless you had some more thoughts on episode three. No, I just, I loved episode three. And I'm sorry that that (laughs) the Hulk's death is haunting. It's just a disturbing thing. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, "What is happening here?" But the embiggening and the embiggening device implanted directly into his heart. Oh, oh God! Well, and it's funny because I watched uh, um, Emergency Awesome's take on it, and mm-hmm. the guy on there goes, uh, "You know," and then you see him like almost explode into a mist. And we all know that that's because this is Disney, but we know that that's not what happened. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's a good point. Uh, have <laughs> you ever seen those? Have you ever seen the the YouTube video of the whale in Tokyo? Yes, the one that, that they blew up. Well, well, there's two. There's one that they blew up, and then there's one where they were trying to move, so it was on a flatbed truck on a really hot day, oh. and it just it just exploded. No, I haven't yeah. not seen that one. No, like, the one it, that I'm thinking of, I don't think it was in Tokyo. No, th- I think that was that was probably in America because it was in America. Would blow it, up. <laughs> it was in Florida, actually. <laughs> of course, <laughs> the same state that shoots at hurricanes. It makes sense. Shit, it could have been in Huntington Beach. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, um, so if you want to know what actually happened to the Hulk, go look up one of those two um, YouTube videos. It's not pleasant. Oh, shit. Um, all right, episode two. Um, T'Challa as Star-Lord. Does, does T'Challa have a special power that we don't know about? Because apparently he can just talk anybody down from doing stupid shit. Yeah, he's like, basically awesome. Like, T'Challa yeah. is the fucking man. And uh, anything he decides to do is going to end up amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which, it, to me, it was a pretty funny take early in the episode where, uh, you know, it starts out just like the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy 1. But then Korath, it totally fanboys out. Instead of his famous, you know, who? He's like, oh, my God, it's Star <laughs> That made me laugh out loud. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious, and he and he he fanboys on him for the entirety of the episode. <laughs> like he can't do anything wrong. Oh, that's classic Star Lord. Oh, that's classic Star Lord. <laughs> yeah, and so the fact that everyone, you know, the the Star Lord is a is a celebrity in this universe because he's he's uh, influenced the Ravagers kind of M.O. away from being space pirates and towards being like space Robin Hoods right. where they are saving whole planets one by one. Right. And like, so of course everyone loves them. <laughs> oh man. Um, I thought it was pretty smart of Nando to point out at the beginning of his uh, video is what if his new, what if video that, you know, he was going to point out some, some things he didn't like about this episode, but that it's dicey to do so because this is obviously a really, you know, important episode being the, being the fact that um, Chadwick Boseman has passed away and this is one of his, his last performances. So he's, he makes it very clear. He's like, look, 
I'm going to point things out that I didn't like at the, the about the episode. That doesn't mean that I, I, I'm, you know, shitting on Chadwick's performance or that I don't like, you know, uh, uh, his portrayal of the character, the episode at all. Like, that's not what this is about, you know? Right, right. Um, because they do have T'Challa sort of, I don't know, it, it seems like this episode is a big, like... Peter Quill's a fucking asshole or idiot kind of take. Like if, if only Peter Quill was not star Lord and T'Challa was everything would be so much better. Except it won't because star Lord's a prick (laughs) because it all ends with, with uh, ego finding um, Peter Quill. Right. So would you expound on that? So the idea is is that if Peter Quill did not have both the Guardians and the Ravagers to raise him into the person that he was, he would be susceptible to um, Ego's manipulations and Ego would end existence or whatever he was trying to do. Oh, got it. So you're saying it, like – bad shit is about to happen based on the last scene because Peter Quill is still the like immature guy that we meet in the beginning of guardians one. Right. He doesn't have the emotional maturity to understand, you know, he, he's somebody theoretically who's grown up without parents. Who's like, you know, had a rough life type of thing. So being offered the powers of a God, like why wouldn't he accept that? Right. Okay. But I think, I think that, falls in line with what I was saying about, you know, look what would have happened differently if Peter Quill wasn't an immature prick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've said on, uh, I've had full on conversations in the Slack channel, uh, Katie and I, about how much we do not like (laughs) Star-Lord. Dude, he is the reason why we had Endgame, because if he had just stuck to the plan, he would have gotten the gauntlet away from, from Thanos and it wouldn't have, like, we wouldn't have had Endgame. Yes, thank you. So yeah, yeah. one one thing that fucking tripped me out about Nando's video was that he states that, you know, in his mind still, Guardians of the Galaxy is like the perfect MCU film. Yeah. That the heart, the humor, the action is per- in perfect balance, the characterization, and that he identifies most with Peter Quill as an MCU character. And I'm like, Nando, How? what? <laughs> yes, dude. So he goes, so look, he, he he actually does a pretty good job at self-awareness and calls himself out. And he goes, maybe my reaction to this episode of what if has to do with like, I'm a white dude. I really identify a lot with Peter Quill. Um, you know, I feel like this episode is basically like if this immature white guy was out of the picture, who had a traumatic childhood, who did not have the best childhood, who has, a, you know, had a lot of fucked up shit happen to him as a young boy. And if this other kid steps in who, you know, is a literal prince, grew up with a perfect childhood, loving family, his mom didn't die of cancer, his, you know, adopted father wasn't, you know, traumatizing him by threatening him to eat him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> basically, if, you know, this idyllic childhood had happened instead, look at how awesome, how much better it would be. 
you know, he does bring that level of self-awareness to it. Like maybe it's just because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an average white guy or whatever. I feel that put upon me and I'm like feeling the need to defend Peter Quill in this scenario. And I'm like, okay, congrats on that level of self-awareness, but also like, Peter Quill's just a dick, right? Like we know that by now. Yeah, like, yeah. Who he's identifies not, yeah. with him the most. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's a little that's a little disturbing, Nano. <laughs> <laughs> I'm concerned by this. Seriously. And I, now I will be I will be very honest, and I said this when I when I was bagging on Peter Quill in Slack, is that my dislike for the actor definitely does color my Same. feelings towards the character. Yes. <laughs> absolutely like that's a big that's a big part of it but you know what marvel knows this too yeah right like they're aware um and so the ravagers pick up t'challa um i i don't know if what it was that they took a, a they should have taken a left at albuquerque what the fuck i don't know why they ended up out in you know outside of wakanda uh but they <laughs> did and they pick him and like T'Challa's already like cool as fuck. Even as a kid, he's just like <laughs> cool. yeah. he's just totally unfazed, you know, just like, oh, cool, yeah, let's go on an adventure. I've always wanted to see the world outside of Wakanda. Let's do it. Um and uh then we get a lot of ripple effects from that in this episode. Yeah. What you want to talk about like the biggest one? The well, biggest, the biggest one is Thanos, dude. <laughs> he talks Thanos down. <laughs> like, what of <laughs> the what of the like like the entire episode? People are are like bagging on Thanos for this idea he has of wiping out half the population of the universe, and and like it's just constant. Like every time he walks into a room, somebody's like, "Oh, hey, there's the genocidal maniac." <laughs> kill half the universe and it's just like a casual accepted thing that this was one of the like this is something it's like it's like getting it's like it's like those those parties where you're in college and the the hot the guy who's like high on god knows what is telling you his theories on life yes like that is what i picture all of the conversations where he brings this up and it, my favorite is where they're in wakanda at the end of the episode and okoye goes that sounds a lot like genocide to me. <laughs> and he's like, no, because it's random and efficient. <laughs> right. He's still sort of like, it would have worked though, but it would have yeah, worked. He's like, he's like, this is okay too, but my idea would have worked. <laughs> I love that. That I love that because they don't let him off the hook. Like, no, they yes. Don't. Yes. T'Challa talked him off that ledge, but it was like it was a horrible fucking idea, and no, and everyone keeps reminding him of what a terrible take that was. And and I gotta say, I know that part of that is because there was an honest, like, fan base that like there was a hashtag Thano wasn't wrong. Oh God, I know. Jesus. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we have occasionally used that hashtag in conversation. <laughs> We're dealing with certain people. <laughs> right, right. There's there's a context there. <laughs> this is a context there, but it definitely has come up in conversation. <laughs> oh my god. No, but there are people literally saying, like, yes, you know, resource scarcity is a problem. Overpopulation. No, no, no overpopulation no. is not a real problem. You 
eugenics asshole. Get away. Um, <laughs> so we see, but we also see Drax very differently. He's a humble bartender because his family has survived, right? Uh, Nebula was a big change too. Nebula's a blonde. Who would have thought? Right. We don't know because she's bald in our <laughs> reality. <laughs> Uh, and it's it's. I thought they did a really great job of sort of skirting this line where, okay, you know, Thanos is reformed, but he was already sort of down a certain path because while Nebula is not full of cybernetic enhancements, she does still have at least one that we know of, right? Which is why her hair. She uses her hair to cover that eye because uh, you know she's embarrassed of it or whatnot, and she strongly dislikes Thanos. So there was some of that starting at some point right yeah yeah i thought that was well really the, nice the line of the line was like oh you uh she's your daughter <laughs> they both at the same time go adopted yeah <laughs> um yeah the humor i think was was perfectly uh evoking that what if volume one sort of like tongue in not tongue in cheek but you know like just kind of silly almost yeah yeah um, no Gamora as well, because, you know, if Thanos is reformed, then he never ends up destroying, uh, Gamora's homeworld. Right. And he doesn't kill Drax's family yes. either. So Drax is, you know, a, a, a humble bartender. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oof, man, that I feel like that this episode, like it was a fun ride, but at a certain point I was like, okay, <laughs> these, these, these changes are, are, it feels like they're getting really fast and loose with some of this stuff. Right. But honestly, like you said, this is, this is what, like, what if we have one magazine, we have one comic book issue to get through all of this history that changes because of this one decision. And we're going to put little references to it everywhere. And that's exactly what this episode was. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. obviously the collector has decimated Asgard. Like there's like, Okay, that, I was going to ask must, you about that. Yeah, like Asgard must be gone because of the collector because he's got all he's got Hela's uh crown, he's got Thor's hammer, he's got um the blade of the the dark elf. Right. Um he like he's So here's another thing though. Not only has he decimated Asgard, but if, you know, if that's the read from him having all these artifacts, but he also commands the Black Order. Yeah. So has he taken Thanos' place in this reality? Yeah. In fact, um, Thanos does say that because I left the Black Order, that left a power vacuum that he, the Collector took. So is the Collector trying to do genocide or what? Is it a version of that? No, it's not. Like, because again, Thanos had very specific plans. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And in, in this reality, he's more just like a, a big mob boss type. Type character. Right, right. Okay, I think they do say that too, yeah. at some point. Yeah. Um, and so the the main plot, I guess, at this point, which is kind of like, what was the point? Um, <laughs> is he's trying? There's there's a MacGuffin that can help end hunger across the universe, right? And that's what he's trying to do. Um, and he's partially driven by the fact that he's told by Yandu that Wakanda was destroyed. Which I think which he, was. which it wasn't right. It wasn't, but I, yeah. I think he lets one uh, Yandu off pretty easily at the end when he finds oh, yeah. out. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It's like okay, 
Bro, I think you'd be a little bit more upset about that. Yeah, uh, just a tad. <laughs> Um, and then the, I guess the, the plot wraps up with Nebula doing like, I don't know, like a triple cross, like she double crosses the team, but then it turns out that, you know, T'Challa slash Star-Lord knew all along this was his plan. Um, we get a really odd to me, like Howard the Duck cameo. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the most Howard the Duck we've gotten so far. (laughs) That's true. And it was a lot too. I was okay. Wow. He's really part of this, this episode. All right. Um, yeah, and so the Collector's Defeated, T'Challa goes back home. One thing that struck me about this episode was I didn't, I'm not a big fan of the the animation in this episode. It is a little bit more, um, I want to say kind of, I don't know, bubbly or washed out. It For me, it, it felt too, like, rotoscopy. Okay. And so, you know, rotoscoping involves like just filming something and then outlining or tracing it, tracing the movements, as opposed to drawing the animation outright by hand. Um, Okay. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 yeah, So it was really popular, like in the seventies, which is why a lot of like those, those, you know, animation from the seventies the and I think early eighties too. Um, it just looks odd. It just looks like it's, you know, kind of stiff a little bit. Um, but what ends up happening is the facial expressions of these characters in, in what if episode two are just really stiff and they don't really yeah. emote very much. Right. Yeah. The faces just look weird in this episode to me. I, I notice it the most with Nebula. Okay, I noticed it the most with Yondu. Yeah, yeah, I noticed it a lot with Yondu too. And with like traditional animation, which is really becoming a lost art at this point because, you know, obviously everything is is digital because it's more cost effective, it's faster. Um, but with traditional animation, you're you're drawing these things f- by hand from scratch, and so you're able to imbue your drawings with more uh storytelling you know there's techniques like squash and stretch where you're like really exaggerating the forms in order to emote right so especially facial expressions become really really important in the way you translate an acting performance you really are you're creating an acting performance it's Um, where you get the it's where you get the the disney princess eye roll sigh exactly exactly and it's what you know, classical animators are geniuses at, like they're master level, you know, drafts people doing this stuff. And it is, it's not easy to do and it's becoming a lost art. And so, while I, I appreciate the look and the, and the efficiency and practicality of digital animation. I just feel like there is something lost. Uh, God, I'm feeling so old <laughs> during this rant, but um, an old artist, an aging artist, but uh, yeah. So it re- you know it hasn't bothered me in the first in, in episode one or episode three, but in episode two it really stood out to me, and it just felt like um, the the facial expressions and the performances, the acting performances of these animated characters were just not doing a good job of it in this episode, and it, it definitely affected my watching or my viewing of the episode. Yeah, well, it's it's very it's very kind of like they're all too chill. Yes, exactly. it, and it and it loses the the urgency. 
Yes, exactly. That's that that's is- what it that's what it felt like to me. It was just kind of like <laughs> I always I always point to when I talk about about ridiculous animation is um, the old Super Friends cartoon. Yes, because we uh, you you're watching the Super Friends and they're like, all right, we've got to get to this place, and then nobody runs, including the Flash. <laughs> they all just saunter, <laughs> and that's kind of how this felt. Is like we there's this big thing we've got to do. All right. And then there's no emotion behind it. We're just going to go do it. It's cool. Right. And one of the strengths of animation is that it can do what live action can't do. Right. And I feel like there's moments in this series so far that take advantage of that. Um, but, you know, not, not an, I mean, an episode two for me was really bad where it even affected the line readings for me. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure you know, Joe, like a, a performance is not just the, the, the line reading and not just the body language. It's a combination of the two. Welcome to, welcome to theater in 2021 with everybody wearing masks. Oh shit. Yeah. There's no facial expression to go off of. No facial expressions to go off of. Which is probably why, I mean, you, you can probably educate me on this. It's probably why back in the day or even still to, to this day, actors wear like really heavy stage stage makeup, right? Oh yeah, because otherwise the lights wash you out and you can't really see anything. Oh, so it's the lighting. I thought it was so that the features were were stronger so that people in the audience could see the the facial expressions. Well, I mean, it's it, the, the, it's cause and effect. Like because the lights wash you out, you can't see the facial expressions as well. Got it. So they have to re-darken all of the facial expressions to stand out to the lighting. So that you can oh. still see what they're, how they're emoting. Otherwise, you would just see kind of just pale, you know, flat faces. That's what the animation feels like. Yeah, they need to redarken the facial <laughs> features. <laughs> well, they just need to move them more. <laughs> right? Just don't yeah. move enough. <laughs> yeah, move exactly. But I'll tell you what, man. If you don't know how to draw, <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're relying on you know digital tools to do a lot of the work for you. That you you don't know how to do that. <laughs> you right. can't you can't you know as you said make the faces move more. Well, and 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 like you said, you know when you're doing it by hand, you have this kind of exaggerated style, mm-hmm. and it's funny because if you there's a whole contingency on TikTok that does um, uh, voiceovers, like they they lip sync to to quotes from movies and television and everything. And it's about, you know, how they, how they emote the, the reactions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have adopted that. I, I always call it the princess eye roll shrug, where it's that very over animated style of, of interacting. And it's fascinating to watch because people who are good at it look like living cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. And they do their makeup again to make the eyes bigger, to make the the face stand wow. out more. And I will, I'll, I'll try and put some up on the Slack channel. Um, there's one girl who she she's um, British, one woman who is British and uh, does all the Disney. She looks like a Disney princess when she does her makeup, and her eyes go in different. Like she can do, like she's got basically a rubber face. <laughs> so wow. very attractive woman with, but she can make her face do weird shit. <laughs> and so like, wow. she looks like a cartoon character and it's exactly what you were talking about, about these kind of exaggerated movements, even just the way they bounce their head when they're talking um, to give it a little bit more of that animated feel. And that's all lacking in episode two. 
Totally. And those TikToks sound awesome. Yeah, I will I will find her and put her <laughs> up because like if you start looking at hers, you'll find more. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, so that that wraps up my my thoughts on on what if so far. I'm enjoying it. I think it's you know, hit or miss episode to episode, but overall I'm enjoying it. And I'm glad that they're taking different different approaches to the question what if and um just really like trying out some some big ideas yeah yeah and now that you've told me that we're gonna get zombie hunter spider-man dude that's that's kind of cool although i'm 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 calling my shot now i think that might be the marvel character that we see as dr strange because i have a feeling there's like spider-man learned some magic but doesn't have the training behind it so i think this the Doctor Strange we see in the trailer is actually Peter Parker in disguise. Um, so now that we we have talked about what if, and we're probably you know near the end of the episode, I want to talk to you about some possibly spoilery stuff that's come out about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, go for it. And so I just want to say to anyone listening, if you don't want to be spoiled by these rumors that it looks like a lot of people are confirming them, but I don't know, you know, Twitter's weird. The rumor mill is weird that way. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so, so you can skip this part if, <laughs> if uh, you don't want to hear about these, but I sent you, Joe, I sent you a, um, a theory mm-hmm. that, uh, or a rumor that's going around that Wanda is going to be facing off in in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness against somebody from the Fox superhero universe. So at first I thought, wait, Spider-Man? Like Raimi? No, that's and you corrected me, that's Sony. Right. So Fox Universe means X-Men Universe. Right. X-Men Fantastic Four. X-Men are Fantastic Four, right. And so you and I had a really fun afternoon, I feel like, exchanging <laughs> ideas. <laughs> that was the highlight of my day, that day, whatever day that happened. I think um, that's the day I said <laughs> that our live, our day jobs are getting in the way of important yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's other stuff that's come out about Multiverse of Madness. Um, but apparently the rumor mill has settled on uh, a, an agreement that WandaVision is going to be, is going to have some sort of confrontation with Professor X. That that would, there, there's two possibilities in my mind, because if they're, if they're going to go the Fox actor playing the character, the only one it makes sense to do is Professor X, because he kind of starts the whole thing off and that would be a good way to launch the X-Men is that now Xavier needs to gather up these people and there you go. That's your introduction to, um, to the X-Men. Right now. Um, there was a mention by, this is at viewer Anon on Twitter who, who's, the source of a lot of these rumors that last year there were hints that Hugh Jackman might be playing Wolverine again at some point. And that's Ooh. because they were trying to get him to be in Dr. Strange two to fight against Wanda. And interesting. And, and basically 
like Scarlet Witch kicking his ass like easily. Uh, but that ended up not coming together, and now people are saying it's it's Professor X that she's going to have a confrontation with in Doctor Strange Two. Um, <laughs> there's more, Joe. Are you ready for this? I I am. I want uh, I do. I want to hear what you say, and then I want to go back to who I I I propose that it might be. Okay, I wait. I want to hear your proposal first. Well, I don't, I don't know where you're going, so let's. I'll go back to it. Okay. Okay. Um. They're not forming a what if version, multiverse version of the Avengers in the what if show that we're watching. Okay. They're forming the Illuminati. Oh. And the Illuminati will be making an appearance in Doctor Strange 2. Oh. And that's so f- cool. <laughs> So far, the Illuminati is Professor X from the Fox universe, Captain Carter, Balder the Brave, Monica Rambeau, and Mordo. Interesting. Yeah. And where did this come from? Based on what? This this is this is Twitter. This is the Twitter rumors sphere. Um and so, based on that, based on the Illuminati coming into play, if that's the case that they're that they're introducing Marvel's Illuminati into the MCU, and it's a multiverse Illuminati, they are coming together to stop Wanda, and that Wanda is the villain of Doctor Strange Two. My guess is that they see the Illuminati sees Wanda as the villain of Doctor Strange 2, but I think they'll flip it. You think so? I think they'll flip it. I think the Illuminati will end up being the the perceived villain in the in the oh, if that's the direction oh. that they go, yeah. it's gonna be Doctor Strange and Wanda and anybody else, America Chavez, anybody else who's involved in that movie right. fighting against the Illuminati because they're the bad guys. Because they're not supposed to be there. Either way, this movie sounds fucking huge <laughs> it does. now uh, now i've gotta i'm gonna throw a wrench into the system that says um uh the what if universe was not is not supposed to contain anybody who we have not seen yet mm. so um if what if is putting together the illuminati professor x would have to just be only centered on um, Doctor Strange's uh, movie, and then that wouldn't necessarily push through. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're saying that you're saying that we're not getting uh, introduced to Professor X, an animated Professor X, voiced by James McAvoy. What? Right. We're not getting. Is that who they say it's going to be instead of Patrick Stewart? No, I mean, but I'm Patrick Stewart I'm is, is getting really old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I'm assuming that would be the case. But I'm also just thinking how cool would it fucking be if we get an animated Professor X in in this What If series and it's voiced by James McAvoy? Like that would make sense to me. That would make sense, and it would be cool. But I think they've already said that we're not going to see anybody in the What If universe that we haven't already met in the regular Marvel universe because they, they decided it would be too like, that was the rule. We can't show anybody <laughs> who hasn't been introduced yet because 
it would be too confusing to people. That we're so already saying, pushing the boundaries. If we do get a Professor X in Doctor Strange 2, he's going to be introduced in Doctor Strange 2. He'll be introduced in Doctor Strange 2, and that feels like a lot of hefty, heavy lifting. Though they introduced and gave full story arcs to two characters in Civil War. So, yeah, that's true. They, you know, they, they can bonkers, do it. Man. This yeah. is bonkers. Now, as much as I, I'm a little sus about the Illuminati idea, that brings me to who I think Oh, she really is fighting if that's the direction they go, because we're we're currently working with the multiverse. Like that's what what this phase seems to be all about. Yeah. So the big event that they um that they I guess brings together the biggest collection of what if stories in the comic books is the latest Secret Wars. And the end of that is creating a battle world um, run by Dr. Doom with the Infinity Gauntlet. (laughs) Now, I don't think we're going to see Infinity Stones anymore. I think we're done. But I wouldn't be surprised if Dr. Doom is the character from the Fox world. I don't think any of the actors are going to be the same. But I think Dr. Doom might be the character that wanda fights that makes that makes sense to me in terms of like story and in terms of power levels and in terms of like epicness the only thing that stops me from like just going all in on that is i feel like dr doom is too precious a character to to marvel to introduce at this point. But if they introduce him now, it makes him this looming threat in the background for as long as they want him to be there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's true. I just, I don't think there's anything background about Dr. Doom. (laughs) (laughs) I just think like Doom is like an epic character. Like even, even his arc, like his story, his origin is so tied to Reed Richards that to just get a fully formed Dr. Doom, I just think that that's so much that Dr. Doom deserves his own phase. Maybe that's what it is. I just think I just want Dr. Doom to have his own phase. But what if this is his phase? What if he is introduced at the beginning of this and then <sighs> we we see him like the threads of what he's doing mm-hmm. permeate through all of all of what's going on? Like what I, if he yeah. becomes the big bag big bad manipulating from because because you don't want constant Dr. Doom interactions you want him to be like sending out different feelers and testing and figuring everything out and then coming together and the ultimate the pen the the ultimate um fight it ends up being with him because i feel like this is already kang's phase i don't think kang is set up to be like an ultron type character i think kang is set up to be a thanos type character so i think this is already kang's phase and that's just like yeah, Doctor Doom is like no nah, man. It's got to be. It's got. It's got. Doctor Doom has to be. Has to become partly because of Reed Richards, and we haven't even met Reed Richards yet. 
All right. Well, I, I am going to say that there are articles that say Kevin Feige confirms Phase 4 Marvel movies are building towards Secret Wars level event. What the? That That's up there. And and there is a video out there. Some, you have a very angry dog in the background. Um, <laughs> you hear that? Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. I can barely hear that. <laughs> um, it's just at the right pitch. Uh, but anyway, so there, there's that, and then the guy—I forget the 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 writer's name—and I apologize. I'll try and throw it on Slack. Um, the the creator of Secret Wars basically had to sign a thing for Marvel that said he'd been paid for his work already, and that he wasn't going to sue for rights and stuff, Jonathan which is a. a Maybe Jonathan Hickman is like the the big writer recently at Marvel that is doing all the big crazy shit. So like Secret Wars 2015. Um, Jonathan Hickman did Fantastic Four, big story. No, 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 the, the original, story. the original, oh, original, the original Secret okay, Wars it. guy. Got it. Um, I'll try and look it up. And I, um, Jim Shooter, Jim Shooter. Yes, got it. Okay, and so he. I think that's who it is. I'll, I'll again. I'll double check. But yeah, so he he basically said in an interview, which I think has been taken down, that he had to sign all of these papers to basically give up any rights to Secret Wars stuff. Wow. So definitely, they are doing a Secret Wars, and okay. so it'll be interesting to see. But I think I think that's the direction they go. I can I can I can say yeah maybe not um, Doctor Doom this early, but I wouldn't be surprised uh. if if that I mean I wouldn't even be surprised if that's why the Fantastic Four are formed is oh. to go after Doctor Doom, dude. Okay, this, that sound you hear is the sound of me renewing my Marvel Unlimited subscription <laughs> and reading all Secret Wars comics that I can get my hands on. All right, well, you know, don't you don't have to do Beyonder stuff because Beyonder stuff is is <laughs> classic, classic, okay. classic Secret Wars, and it's just to sell toys. But okay. the the Secret Wars was a whole crossover event for like a year right. where they just like. They created Battle World, and Battle World had all these different like districts, and every district corresponded with a different what if world. One of them was the the nineteen wow. nineties X Men cartoon. Wow, had its own land. Like like basically, Marvel went to its writers and they said, "Whatever you want to do, go for it." That's where we got the like Spider Verse from. Oh. That's where we got. Uh, like there's so many there's i think one of them is the old man logan timeline like they're just all shoved together in there wow and you have these peacekeepers that have to keep their people in their own districts and if you try and go into a different district you could get executed wow (laughs) holy shit okay i'm definitely catching up with these stories that's so cool uh yeah, so I definitely wanted to geek out with you about yes. <laughs> some of this stuff. So I'm glad we were able to fit this in at the end of this long ass episode. <laughs> <laughs> Always. All right. So I think we're gonna try and figure out how to do Shang-Chi next weekend. Yes. I think that's what we're gonna try and do next. Cool. Um, but you may have to be patient with us because our our schedules are 
nasty right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's what we're that's what we're shooting for. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the Geek2Geek Network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows, the Geek2Geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdbird Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, and Sometimes Rob, as well as our newest podcast, Farming Simulated. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Bamashox, Troidal Power, and Gein, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord, where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude, or me personally at epicgrays. Ray, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me trying to close all my windows right now and it not having <laughs> any effect whatsoever. You're right. It's at the perfect pitch because I just closed everything I could and it made no difference. <laughs> but if you're looking for me online, you can find me on social media at Ray Vargas three. That's on Twitter, on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you want to check out my artwork, check out my website. It's rayvargas 3com Awesome. I'm so glad we got to hang out today. I know it was early, so thank you. No problem. I'm (laughs) off to work now. (laughs) All right. Have a wonderful day. And for the rest of you out there, remember this week, keep it geek.